everyone. Welcome to the Browns Blitz. Today is Tuesday, August 24th. I'm your host, Rod Bloom. Joining me today is my brother, Jeff. How are things going, Jeff? Going good, Rod. Getting close to this uh, big cut down that, man, there's going to be some tough choices. Looking forward to talking about it tonight. Yeah, yeah, we got uh, got a lot of stuff to talk about and to help us out, we brought in Chad Patterson. Chad, how are things going? Uh, really well. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on here. Absolutely. Uh, <clears throat> looking forward to talking to you. I know you've been spending a lot of time looking at the roster, so um, so looking forward to some good conversation tonight. Um, you know, before we before we dive into the actual roster and the breakdown and kind of what we think is going to happen there, I thought we'd, uh, you know, it's been a couple of days, but I thought we'd go back to preseason game number two against the Giants. Uh, you know, the Browns won 17-13, uh, you know, two wins that nobody really cares about. But um, just wanted to get your thoughts. I, I'll just give you guys each a shot to maybe, um, maybe just talk about a few guys who you think, you know, help themselves the most in that game. So, so Chad, you're the guest. We'll, we'll let you go first. Which, um, just a few Browns who maybe helped themselves, um, you know, toward maybe gaining a roster spot in that game against the Giants. All right. Um, I would like to start off with, uh, after watching so many teams play preseason football, after watching the Browns for so many years, the difference between the past and other teams and how efficiently Kevin Stefanski is running this football team is amazing. And that was the biggest thing that I picked up on early was just how well this team operates compared to the rest of the NFL. And I know that being a Browns fan, it, you know, can come across as kind of being a homer, but you can really see the difference just the way they get on and off the field. And it just looks like a machine the whole time. So, yeah. um, like it doesn't matter who's out there. It doesn't matter no. which players are out there. Yeah. No. But um, do you want to start offense or defense? No, wherever you like. Offense is fine. All right. We'll start with the offense. Um, Devion Davis just continues to stand out. Uh, you can't ignore the kid. Um, he's been phenomenal. Uh, Dimitri Felton, uh, which I'm a big fan of, was at UCLA. Followed him all the way through the process. I was super excited when they got him. Um, I compared him to Tree Kill. And uh, I just, I think that he is going to give the Browns something that they needed. And I was really excited to see him out there. Um, on the uh, the last offensive player that I really thought helped himself was Greg Sinat, number 70. Um, he's been absolutely phenomenal through this whole process. He's graded out extremely well from PFF. And I, once we get into that a little bit later, I'll talk some more about that. But those were, those were three guys that I thought really stood out on the offensive side of the ball. When we got to the defensive side of the ball, you can't McDowell. I mean, hands down, that was absolutely phenomenal what he did. Uh, I had made a, post on Twitter that his three plays, he had done more in three plays than Andrew Billings did the entire time he was out there. I, 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 mm -hmm. I haven't seen that in a long time. I'm, so I was extremely happy about that. Elijah Lee, the linebacker, I cannot, I, I've really watched him because when they brought him in, it was just like, this is a special teams guy, blah, blah, blah. He is really starting to come on strong. And I like watching the guys develop like that. So he was another player that I thought stood out to me that's not the normal. And Joe Jackson, the last, what would be considered the last of the defensive ends. Two preseason games, the guy is just motor 100% the whole time. So I, I was impressed with the, with those guys. Yeah, so, Jeff, what's uh... – which players would you like to add to that list from uh, from yeah, the Giants I, game? I, I I liked all those guys, um, Chad. I I agree with with kudos to all those guys. Uh, I'll just add a couple names. Um, I thought late in the game John Kelly looked awesome. Um, 
guy you'd love to try to sneak onto the practice squad, but I, I really don't think that's going to happen. I think someone's going to see his tape and, and pick him up. Um, the other guy that, that I, I think is just a, a, a lock cinch now to be uh, the second string uh, safety is uh, Richard LeCount. I mean, look at look at where he came from and, and what he's done in the last two games. Um, he's now pressing guys for, for playing time, I think, and, and good for him. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, it, there wasn't um, there wasn't a you know a ton of action in the game, but I mean, you know, the guys played well, and and you know they got a win, and it was the team was well coached, and you know, and there weren't a bunch of injuries, so so uh, so be it, and move on. They got one preseason game left to, to get through, hopefully, you know, without any, any major injuries, uh, which is next, next Sunday night, uh, Browns get a, you know, a, a another a primetime game, uh, kind of like what they got all last season. So, uh, um, see what happens there. Um, I assume we'll see some starters next week. I don't think they've announced anything, but I would think that um, I would think that we'll see the starters play some next week. Um, when you, don't you guys think that's going to be the case? First series. First series Check. only? Yeah, I just, I don't know, man. I, I'm just wondering I, if there's something in the back of Stefanski's head saying, don't risk it. Don't be that coach that's going to be, why did you play player X and he got hurt? Um yeah, yeah, I mean, I I'm, I'm okay with them not playing. I just, you know, I'm kind of curious to see what happens. Um, yeah. I, I'm going to, you know, whatever they do. I mean, one series, one series would probably be fine, you know, as long as nobody gets hurt. Yeah, I, You know, here here would be my fear. I, I, and if I was a coach, and like, and I'm not a coach, and I have no say in this, but if I was going to play my starters, it would have been the second preseason game. The Falcons player, they're going to put a lot of guys on that field that are desperate to make that roster. Mm-hmm. And that would scare me letting those guys on the field with my starters because the starters aren't ever playing 100% in a preseason game. They're given maybe yeah. 80%. And when you've got a player that's given 110% going against a guy who's maybe 80%, the risk of injury is too great. In a third preseason game, there's no way I would play the starters. That's just my personal opinion. It doesn't mean anything. Um, I mean, Andy Reid does, and he is a real coach that's won Super Bowl. So, um, but I just that would scare me, especially against the Falcons. Yeah, yeah, what you say makes a lot of sense. So uh, I assume we'll find out here before too long. Uh, well, pr- probably be later in the week, but we'll find out what the Browns are going to do and, you know, if they're going to play starters and if so, who and how many guys. So uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, let's talk a little 53-man roster and kind of who we think is going to make it. Uh, a little bit about, you know, how many guys they're going to carry at each position and things like this. But uh we got a few guys I kind of wanted to talk about first uh, because it's, they're going to have an impact on the 53 a little bit in one way or another in the way we look at this. And the first is a guy you brought up, Chad, and that's Davion Davis because he was given a two-week suspension for a DUI that happened a couple years ago. So he's going to miss the first two weeks of the regular season. So Browns don't really have to do anything with him right now, I guess. Um uh, that, that would be my understanding. So they can kind of see where they are, in, you know, after the first two weeks and see if they need them at that point and make a decision whether they'll try to try to sneak them through waivers or, or if they're going to activate them, put them on the on the 53 at that point, depending on, you know, if they if somebody gets hurt or anything else like that. So that's one guy. Um, Tack, Tack McKinley is another guy who has been away from the team forever and now now he's back i guess he's been back for a few days but we kind of just found out today that he's been back i i don't know if he i I think he was on the field today i don't know if he actually practiced or not so um 
it, it's hard to say if he's going to be ready week one or not. I, I'm assuming he's probably going to be on the 53 since he's back with the team at this point. And then we've got other guys who we really don't know where they stand with injuries. So it's going to be kind of hard to talk about some of these guys. Like, uh, um, well, I've written down Schwartz and Delpit. These guys are both supposed to be back for practice, I think, pretty soon. So we'll see what happens. Um, it's going to be. It's all going to make a big difference on the 53-man as far as who's healthy and who's not. But um, let's uh, let's just start out. So first question, guys, um, how many quarterbacks are the Browns carrying? They're only carrying two, right? Uh, yeah, yep. I would say two. I don't see how they could keep three and lose that spot. Yeah, yep. so, so, uh, so they're going to carry uh, Baker and Case Keenum. Right, I don't think we're going to see a Case Keenum trade at this point. I wouldn't expect it. Uh, you never know. So Kyle, uh, Kyle Laletta, um, you guys think he'll make it to the practice squad? Uh, probably. I think a lot of these guys are going to be comfortable with who they have right off the start. Um, I mean, you're going to have. You still got what Chicago's got three. Um, the Bills have like 50 quarterbacks now. <laughs> I mean, so I think he'll be okay in, in the beginning, much like uh, Gilbert was. But then there's a potential to be claimed later in the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, so that spot's fairly easy. Um, running back is, is maybe not so easy. Uh, beyond, you know. I, obviously, the first two spots are easy. We know uh, Chubb and Hunt. And then most people, most lists that I've looked at do not have Dearness Johnson making the team. Um, I do. I have him on my list, okay, just because I like the guy and I think he's a good back. Uh, for me, this comes down to uh, where you think Demetri Felton fits in. And is he... Is he the third string, you know, the, the number three running back? Um, do the Browns feel comfortable with him as the number three running back? Or do they feel comfortable with him, you know, just kind of doing everything? Uh, my thought is I want the Ernest Johnson on the team. So I've got him on the team. What do you guys think? Well, I'll let Chad tell me what he thinks about um... – Demetric Felton, but um, to me, I, the Giants game, he sort of proved to me that he's not the number three running back. Um, I like him as a Swiss Army knife, and you know, I've, I've got him down as our as our kick returner slash wide receiver slash you know whatever else Stefanski comes up yeah, with trick play wise. Yeah, and and I originally when I sent this over to you, Rod, I, I was thinking that. Um, Ernest Johnson would probably be a casualty as well. Um, thinking that, you know, boy, if we could if we could somehow get John Kelly onto the practice squad, there's really not a huge drop off there. I, I don't think in those two guys. I mean, if if we needed a guy in the event of an injury, and we could pull John Kelly up, I, I I'm just starting to think that there's probably not a lot of chance that he's going to make it to the practice squad. And then we're out, you know, just kind of looking over the waiver wire for a running back if there's an injury. So. Mm-hmm. I like that Dearness Johnson insurance policy, and um, based on what he does in special teams, I, I I really hope he makes the fifty-three. Um, I'm uh, the I think we've got like this. The the Browns did keep four running backs. I whenever I preference what I think the Browns might do, I kind of use the Week fourteen roster because I felt the team right. kind of settled into the season by then, mm-hmm. and where they were at, you know. Um, but we have this sitting out there that there's some talk that we didn't actually see Kevin Stefanski's real offense. So we're not going to know exactly what he's going to run this year. You look at our wide receiver depth and you wonder if he's going to run three wide a little more and a little less of the two tight end because we have such a strong offensive line. So when you put it out there, do they take a tight end away, keep the four running backs, go six wide receiver, whatever? I, I think 
Felton's just going to be that. I, I, I kind of lean towards um, Johnson making the team. And the reason being is his special teams play. Mm-hmm. They seem to always make sure Mike Prefer is taken care of in the process. They don't leave him out. And so that's why I'm, I'm kind of like, I don't even know, a little more than 50% that Johnson makes it and Felton makes it and that they figure a way to do it. But then you start, they started talking about Stanton making the team because last year they only kept one fullback and that he would be more of that tight end, fullback, H-back type player. But then you look at Franks and see that he's blocking really well. So I tell you, it's really hard to tell where Dearness Johnson is going to come up with. Has he done enough to earn a spot on the team? Definitely not. It's not even a question. I think it just comes down to, <clears throat> excuse me, how the fans he wants to build, you know, that whole group of tight end wide receiver running backs. Yeah, it, it does. So so let's kind of look at this uh, together, but then kind of one at a time because, man, I, I'll, I'll just say I, I struggle with this because the Browns are – I don't believe the Browns are going to carry more than one fullback, okay, I, unless you just assume that Johnny Stanton is your fourth tight end. You know, right. he beats out Jordan Franks, you know, like as to be a fourth tight end and that can do other things too. But um, I don't – I don't see Stan beating out Janovich. No. So I, I think I Andy Janovich is going to make the team. Um, I really have a hard time believing that the Browns are going to part ways with with uh, any of the any of the top six wide receivers, assuming these guys all are healthy. With with OBJ, uh, Jarvis, uh, DPJ, Higgins, Schwartz, and Hodge. You know, unless they decide to let one of those guys go or, or work a trade or, or something. I mean, I don't know how you let any of those guys go. Um, you know, and then you're at then you're at tight end and you've got obviously the three guys in Hooper, Bryant and Njoku. So, I mean, for me, I had him keeping Janovich, the six wide receivers and, and the three tight ends. Um, you know, I, I don't know if that's what's going to happen or not. Um, I could definitely see that going a different way. Yeah, um, here's where I'm a little bit different in that I think the Browns could play a game, and I don't think it would come back and bite them. If they need an extra spot, you you uh, release Schwartz. He'll clear waivers. He's not done anything. But I also don't play him in this last preseason game, and I don't give anybody any film on him. Um, he's fast. There's no doubt about it, but he did have drops in college. Um, the Browns got lucky getting him, but the injury may have actually helped them by he's not been out showcased. I mean, I don't know that a team's going to, cause there's some good wide receivers that are going to get released. Teams aren't looking at where guys were drafted, where they were drafted. They're looking at what has this guy done? Can he come in and produce right away? So I wonder if Schwartz couldn't make it through to the practice squad if they needed that extra spot. Yeah, that that would be uh, yeah, that would be tough. And what are your thoughts on that, Jeff? On the wide receiver? Well, I, I I wonder if Schwartz doesn't just end up on IR this year. Um, you know, sprinters with hamstrings tend to turn into long-term problems. Um, so, I mean, if, if he's healthy enough to play this week and tweaks it again, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see him land on IR this year. Um, the problem is, we're, you know, this gets to be a numbers game. You know, we, we talk about three running backs, a fullback, six wide receivers, including Felton, three tight ends. You know, now to add somebody else, you're taking away an offensive lineman. And... I'm just not not confident that that you know we can go into the season with less than ten offensive linemen um, because if if I'm going to allocate an extra player on this team, I'm going to allocate it on the on the defensive side. I think and, you know we've we've we're pretty well entrenched on the offensive side, um, 
the defense side is where a lot of the question marks are. We've got a whole bunch of new starters, and we've got some guys who have sort of lingering injury issues that may or may not work themselves out. So if I'm adding another player, I think I'm, you know, versus a, a fourth tight end, um, I'm, I'm going with somebody in the defensive backfield or at the D tackle position to give us, you know, the depth that we need. The other thing is to consider is the rules for the uh, practice squad this year carry over from last year. So we're allowed to designate two guys from the practice squad to activate each week. So where those guys come from kind of matters as well. We can kind of dive into who those guys might be as we get through this. Yeah, I, I got to be honest here. I, if I'm just looking at the construction of this Browns team and thinking about Stefanski and, and what I think he wants, I don't think six wide receivers is ideal for his roster. I'm picking six guys because I think they're six of the best players on the team and kind of saying, well, we almost got to keep these guys. So maybe they find a way around that because I kind of I, I kind of agree with you, Jeff. I don't know if it's, you know, I don't know um, where the specific positions are. I, I think I agree with you on the defensive part. Um, Chad, I do want to know this on uh, week 14 last season. If, if you have that information or know this, how many offensive linemen were the Browns carrying at that point? Eight. Yeah, so the Browns and, carried eight a lot last year, right? Yeah, and the way that they did it, yes, there was pretty much eight through the whole season. The way that they did it was Hubbard, Lamb, and Harris. They gave you two swing tackles who could also play guard and a backup center. So that's 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 pretty much how they ran the whole year last year until they started getting injuries and stuff, and it kind of changed there towards the end. So yeah, right. I, I and we were I, and we were starting Blake Hance <laughs> yep. in a playoff game right off the airplane. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that, but I don't see him going from eight to ten. I you know I could see him carrying nine guys. You know I think they have more guys who who look like they belong. You know who. who probably earned a spot this year but i don't know if they'll carry 10 yeah i think it's going to come down uh if if we're going to the offensive line um you know those every uh, everybody has made a comment well they're not gonna move on from hudson i can tell you hudson's not played very well sanat's definitely outplayed him um you know but if they want to absolutely make sure they keep him, you almost have to go nine because there's no way you can let Dunn go. Michael Dunn, you can, you can't let him leave. He's too good. Michael Dunn and, been the best backup guard, I think, easily. Yeah, easy, hands down. I mean, the guy's absolutely phenomenal, and you need that depth, especially because this is you know I think what we can't forget about is that we're still dealing with COVID, and. Right. It, mm -hmm. It's nothing for that to wreak havoc on a football team. I mean, it is very possible. And so, you know, you don't want to end up with Blake Hans coming off of an airplane in the playoff game if you can avoid it. Yeah. And, you know, and done is how you avoid that. I think so, the other thing that, that factors into that, Chad, is, you know, looking at where the roster will be next year. And couple of guys that that you know we need to be evaluating plug in no plug-in replacements right um white teller for instance um is in the final year of his contract um treader and batonio are, are expensive guys who you know if we start looking at where the salary cap gets to next year i think, I think we've got like three million dollars um left on the cap next year as we sit here today um, so we know some things are going to happen going into the next year. And, and I'd love to see some of these guys like Michael Dunn um, and James Hudson, hopefully, you know, straightens things out, um, get some significant playing time this year so that they force those, those questions next year. Yeah. So, so if they go with, if they go with nine, who are your, who are your four backups, Chad? Obviously, Dunn and Harris. And are you assuming that that Chris Hubbard stays with the Browns, right? Well, this is so. 
kind of the way I would look at this is, okay, how do we want to look at this? Do we want to look at this? At, hey, we are making a run at the Super Bowl and yeah. nothing else matters. That is our primary focus. We'll worry about next year, next year. Right now, we want to go to the Super Bowl. If that's the mindset and you don't want to worry about next year until next year, you want Hubbard on the football team. He can play mm-hmm. every position except center yeah. and at a high level. Mm-hmm. He's under contract. Yeah. There's so yes, I would if if it was up to me, um, and we were keeping nine, I would go with Hubbard, Harris, Dunn, and Sanat, and I would see if I could get Hudson to the practice squad. And it's just because, once again, I'm looking at it. Are we going to the Super Bowl? Yes, we are. I need guys that are that have proven themselves to be able to play right now. And if if it's like, hey, I want to build a team. I'm worried about next year. Then I, you know, then you keep Hudson, and then maybe look at dealing Hubbard because you're he's going to have a lot of value right now. Mm-hmm. Get get out of the contract, and then that kind of frees you up to keep Sinat as a way cheaper backup, and then you can go that route too. But so that's kind of like, what's your mindset? Is it? depth for years down the road or is it we're making a run at a super bowl right now and if it is a super bowl right now you got to put the best players on the field yeah i i kind of feel like this uh this franchise is kind of trying to do both so yeah (laughs) i mean they definitely are they definitely are working on this season you know that's the priority but they always have an eye on the future too let's put it that way so that's the only thing, only ahead, thing I would add to that, Chad, real quick is, um, you know, and I like all these guys. I mean, I, the Browns have a, a, a luxury here um, of, of some really talented guys um, that they're deciding among. Um, we even talked about Drew Forbes um, on, on, the, on the offensive line. But if I'm going between Greg Sinat and James Hudson, uh, Greg Sinat's 27, James Hudson's 22. And mm-hmm. we have we have a draft pick invested in James Hudson. We've got him locked up on a rookie contract for four years. Um, I just think it's a little soon to give up. I'm I'll, I'll admit I, I loved the guy in college, and you know I was really hoping the Browns would draft him. So I'm a, I'm a James Hudson fan. I want to see him work out. Um, but I think you have to have an eye toward you know youth and controllable guys over the next several years and. I like the way Greg Sinat's played. I also thought Alex Taylor didn't play terrible either. He got cut. So um, my five backups are, are Hudson, Dunn, Harris, Hans, and Hubbard. Um, I like Blake Hans because he can, like Hubbard, can play every position on the line, including center. Um, Dunn has, has got to be there as, as a backup guard because I, I'd love to see him step in to a starting guard job next year. Um, and I think that's completely possible. Um, and Hubbard, you know, unless, unless they just decide that other guys are playing well enough to replace him, um, he's the proven guy on the line, you know, with, with the NFL experience. So I, to Chad's point, you know, you, you want a guy that, you know, can step in as your number two at pretty much every position and, and not have a huge, huge drop off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we we kind yeah, of like, yeah, it, go ahead, Chad. No, it just he's right. It just it comes down to numbers. If mm-hmm. you you I I Hudson's nowhere near ready to start at left tackle if he had to. And I mean he's proven that in the last two preseason games. He's right. not. I mean even Joe Thomas made a comment about how he's been yelled at multiple times. <laughs> I I like him too. He was on my draft board. I, I love Cincinnati, so I watch them play football all the time. I, I was glad they got him. If they keep nine, then, yeah, it's perfect because then basically you're just keeping him in the back, you know. If they mm-hmm. go eight, he's there's a good chance he's going to get playing time. And how quick can he develop? Right. You know, to, and that's – I think it, yeah, that's a, that's such a hard choice. But, yeah, so – I agree with both of you guys. Uh, keeping that extra ninth offensive lineman would definitely be a luxury for the Browns, especially given anything can happen like we watched last year. 
Yeah. Yeah. So let's. Uh, oh, I, I was gonna kind of go back just uh, just briefly to tight end because we kind of shot from from all that stuff right into right into the line. Uh, Chad, what what's your thoughts on uh, Jordan Franks and how likely do you think it is that he makes the team? Um, I think he's a little less than um, stiff arm Steve. Uh, so he's, <laughs> he's basically the same player. He's just not at his level yet, but is progressing to that. So I think if they were trying to add, you know, another Carlson to the team and they, to play in the same fashion, the same role, I think he's good enough to get you started. You continue to look to try to upgrade or he develops quickly and you're in a good spot with the same kind of package that you had last year. Yeah. Yeah. I think Connor Davis would have beat him out if he didn't get hurt. So, oh yeah. Yeah. I played him in both games. Yeah. So, um, that's unfortunate, but the Browns have been hit with some injury bugs. So let's move on to, to the defense. Uh, we're, we're going position by position. And we'll kind of talk overall some of the numbers here, guys. So, Defensive end is is a little bit interesting. Uh, obviously, we know that Miles and uh, Jadavian Clowney are are uh, one and two. And then, assuming that uh, that Tack McKinley is is good to go, he's he's number three at uh, defensive end. So so that leaves uh, that leaves a few guys. Um, I think most people, or I'll say most people. <laughs> I think Joe Jackson's done a good job. So um, I have him as, uh, you know, I have him as making the 53 man. So um, assuming Tack makes it, that that's four defensive ends. And then, you know, then it's a matter of whether you, whether you like one of these other guys better than Joe Jackson or whether you think the Browns are going to keep five because then that leaves uh, Porter Gustin, Curtis Weaver, and who am I forgetting? Malvo. I guess that's it. Malvo? Yeah. Number 69. Okay. And, and uh, Romeo McKnight. Romeo McKnight. Still on the yeah. roster. Okay. So what are your thoughts, Aaron? I'll let you start on this one, Jeff. Well, I think the guy that's really kind of gotten lost in all this is Curtis Weaver. We talked a lot about him in the offseason. Um, that, you know, this was really going to be his chance. And man, he's, he has underwhelmed. Um, so that's yeah. really opened the door, I think, for, for Joe Jackson um, and potentially Porter Gustin. I think, you know, Porter Gustin has been around, so they know what they've got with him. Um, I'm looking at McKinley, Gustin, and Jackson as the three backups. Um, if it comes down to McKin- or, uh, Gustin or Jackson, we need that extra roster spot. Um, based on what I've seen so far, I'd have to go with Joe Jackson. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, what do you think, Chad? Um, I, I, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm, I'm at um, Garrett Clowney, obviously, and then McKinley and Porter Gustin. I think he's going to keep his spot because him and Woods have worked together. They know him. He hasn't. He hasn't played bad at all at any point in time. Um, he graded out as the 55th best uh, defensive end last year. So I haven't seen anything drop off from there. I think Joe Jackson between uh, Weaver and uh, Laval, I, I, I knew I'm going to screw his name up. Um, I think Joe's the better player. I would like to see him be the, the fifth, which is what they kept last year. I think that's a I think that's a pretty good defensive end group right there, you know. And then try to see what you know. I don't know if the Dolphins would go back and claim Weaver to get him back, or maybe we can somehow get him on the practice squad. I had high hopes for number sixty nine, but it, he didn't get to where I thought he was going to. Yeah, I think I the Browns would really like to get Romeo McKnight on the practice squad if they could. I mean, based on what they've seen, I think it, it probably wouldn't happen. Um, he may have jumped Curtis Weaver at this point. 
Well, he's done really well on special teams, so yeah. you got to think about that too. Yeah, Curtis Weaver. I mean, he's he's done a couple things, but um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he's still slowed at all by his, by the injury, or if he's just you know, or, or if we've seen the best he has, and it's just not enough. Or our guys are just that good this year. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, <laughs> defensive tackle and guys, I really struggled here. So when I filled up my 53, I just decided to keep pretty much everybody. Um, <laughs> you know, so I'm like, I don't know who to cut. So uh, I pretty much, uh, you know, I pretty much uh, cut, uh, or I don't know if Marvin Wilson will make the practice squad or if he'll make it somebody else. But, um, I mean, you just go through these guys. I mean, Malik Jackson, he's he's going to he, he, he's going to be a starter. Um, Andrew Billings, who I, I really don't know what to think because he has looked underwhelming at points and, and games, and like he's getting shoved around. But then I'm hearing how solid and great he's looked in practice and how the team loves him and how he's trimmed down and he's so strong and, and he's got a guaranteed contract. So I don't know what to think about Billings. Um, Sheldon Day has looked has looked very good. He's earned a spot. Um, Jordan Elliott is only in his second year. Had a sack the other night. I, you know, I, I expect good things from him. Uh, Malik McDowell, you've already talked about, and then Tommy Togia is, you know, the guy they just drafted. I mean, I don't know who I don't know who they let go, but I don't know how you carry six defensive tackles either. <laughs> so, Chad. <laughs> uh, well, last year they carried four. Yeah. Um, uh, like I said, it's, it's hard to, for me, I, it wouldn't matter what contract Billings had. There's no way that I, if that's my four, if I'm keeping four, there's no way he's making it. You just can't show uh, day has looked a hundred times better. You put him next to Jackson. They've already talked about, um, moving clown. He's going to play a lot of tackle right next to miles Garrett. So mm-hmm. uh, it's just so you don't need six defensive tackles. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, there's no way in the world that I'll let I would let Day go. He's been too good. Um, mm-hmm. Once again, you're trying you're trying to go to the Super Bowl. Uh, you want your best players on there. There's no way that I would let McDowell go. But you, where do you find a six six, almost three hundred pound man that was a former second round pick who? just absolutely blew up guys the, I had posted that too. The center for the giants was six, six something, 300 pounds. He moved him like he was nothing you know, on that, on that two point conversion play. Um, you have to keep players like that. And so that leaves you basically down to, all right, what do you do here? Is it, do you get rid of Elliot? Do you get rid of Togi? Um, if you're looking at draft picks, Elliot was a higher draft pick than Togiai. So if you keep Togiai and Elliot, McDowell's not making the roster. And he will get picked up immediately. So, I mean, it comes down to you're keeping Billings because he looked good in practice. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess there's a chance they, they, they cut Billings and go with five. You know, um, I guess that's potential. They could keep one extra guy. Um, right. Or or they keep Billings and they let Day go. And it's Billings, Jackson, Elliott, Togiai. And we let two very good defensive tackles hit the market. Yeah, I, I don't think they'll. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think they'll I think they'll keep the better players. I just I just don't know how you I just don't know how you pick because um, well, it's you yeah. know what? It's, <laughs> that's why we're glad we're not the general manager, right? But that's um, right. We're finally in a in a spot here in Cleveland where we're going to have to let some good players go, and yes, that's that's a, that's a great thing for us. Um, for me, looking through all of these guys, I tended to think that guys who didn't play last year were at a disadvantage versus everybody else. One hundred Billings agree with you. Billings is in that category, mm-hmm. um, and he's looked like it. So 
Um, yeah, unless you know he suddenly comes around in the next couple of weeks, it, it's it's he's in trouble. I think. Yeah, I think he is. Well, his contract's like three million dollars, guys. It's not like it's not like some ten million dollar guaranteed contract. So uh, the Browns could eat it this season. It wouldn't kill him. But man, wouldn't it be a story if Andrew Barry took a former second round pick that had troubles and turned him into a star player on this defensive line? Could you imagine week one, the weak Chiefs rookie line having to face Miles Garrett, Jadavian Clowney, McDowell, Jackson, and Tack McKinley on a full out blitz? Yeah, it'd be fun. Oh yeah, you ain't you're not stopping it. So, <laughs> but so are, are you guys? Uh, Chad, are you uh, are you disappointed in Marvin Wilson, or is there just too many other good guys on this team? Um, I I'm disappointed in my evaluation of him because I had him extremely high, and. I don't know what happened. I know the talent's there. I've seen it. Everybody's seen it. I don't know what happened to him. Um, I'm hoping that he's definitely one that they can get on the practice squad and continue to work with because I do believe he has that talent. It's just not coming together, and I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's, uh, let's take a look at linebacker and... Man, the guys, the Browns, have, Browns are kind of hurting at linebacker and some of the injuries. Um, I mean, we got uh, the the three starters are, are Anthony Walker, Taki uh, uh, Taki, and, and JOK. Um, and then we had, uh, let's see, I, I, Jeff, I think you and I had the same list here. And this more or less guy is just, you know, that we thought were making the team. And that's... Uh, um, Mac Wilson, Elijah Lee, and Malcolm Smith. Um, I don't know what's up with Tony Fields. I don't know if he's going to get well or not. Um, Jacob Phillips is done. Um, Willie Harvey, I don't think he'll stick. Um, it's pretty much what they have. Do you, uh, Chad, do you think they carry six linebackers on this team? You almost have to because of special teams. I mean, that's uh, last year they kept six. Um, you know, they may want to go seven, but six is kind of like the the magic number because those guys are going to, like I said, you need linebackers on special teams. So <clears throat> I think um, I think Andrew uh, Andrew Barry is going to have to do some work and, and find some replacements there to help out. Yeah, I mean, I was yeah, kind of pretty- counting on Jacob Phillips to take a step. I mean, obviously to play, first of all, but to hopefully take a step forward this season. Yeah, I mean, outside your starters, Elijah Lee is the only one that I feel is worthy of staying on the football team. We wouldn't have said that before. I know. I I know. And, I mean, that's just because he, like I said, he can play special teams as well. He's going to go to special teams. But I don't – the Bills cut, oh, man, I didn't figure, I forgot his name. They cut a linebacker just the other day. That kid was just going crazy. I think the market will be there for Andrew to find a couple guys that, that could help. Yeah, and I, I could see that happening at linebacker. I could. Um, as of right now, do you, you think the Browns keep those six guys? For at least the first cut, yeah. I mean, why not? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And you, you had the same sex, right, Jeff? Yeah, I've, I've gone back and forth on Mac Wilson. Um, I think you, you know, if if you're keeping him, it's at the expense of a DB, somebody like Javante Moffat. And with the question marks we have in the secondary right now, health wise. Um, I'm kind of leaning toward keeping a DB instead. That's not hateful either. No. No, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't dislike Matt Wilson, Mac Wilson. I think he's just, you know, he's not really performed at a level that makes him better than a guy like Moffitt um, or, you know, that extra D tackle. Well, let's, if 
I know analytics plays big into this. Mac Wilson graded two points higher last year than he did the year before. Hmm. That's his development for the last two years. <laughs> yeah, which the year <laughs> before wasn't wasn't much, right? Oh no, they were both they were both in the forties. I think it's yeah. forty one point seven and forty one point nine. Um, right. That, that there's no yeah. there's, and and I love Mac Wilson. I was jumping up and down when they drafted him. But, so let me ask you this: if if you if you cut Mac Wilson and, and you're able to get him back onto the practice squad, I mean, does, does somebody else pick him up? I, I don't think so. I don't um, think so. Can you put him not. on the practice squad and then he's there? You know, if you need that him. extra guy, if if you need him. Yeah, and. And, and a lot of people, oh, that's terrible. You can't cut Mac Wilson. I remind everybody, Rashad Higgins was cut from this football team. And look yeah. what happened. Yeah. Right. So it's not the end of the world. It's not the end of the world for Mac Wilson. Wasn't the end of the world for Rashad Higgins. Look at where he's at now. Right. There are going to be some good football players who are going to be cut from this team. <laughs> it's just yeah, I know. That's why, that's why I posted that the other day. All 85 are going to make it. It's all good. <laughs> yeah yeah if we could just keep 85 guys yeah yeah so uh so let's look at corner guys and uh uh denzel ward greg newsom uh greedy williams troy hill those guys are are set in stone and then uh let's see i think i just went with what jeff had and that was aj green i think i think he'll probably make the team um, so that that's five corners. Um, I had five five corners and then um, and and five safeties is what I had. So and that, uh, that's what they went with last year. Yeah. So uh, thought, thoughts on corner guys. Um, Browns have some other corners. Um, any shot for any of these other guys to to take? that fifth spot or to, to catch on as a sixth corner potentially. Well, I think it really I, comes down to AJ green versus MJ Stewart jr. Right. Pa, I, I, I feel that AJ green has played himself into the number three spot for cornerback. That kid was on the practice squad last year. He worked his butt off and he's one of the top cornerbacks in preseason for the Browns. That's development. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, to go from being on the practice squad to you coming out in the preseason and you're dominating like that, that's what you want to see from your cornerbacks, in my opinion. Yeah, and, you know, and this is where, this is why, um, you know, we go back to, to Jeff talking about creating a spot on the defense. And this is, <laughs> this is what it comes down to because MJ Stewart's a guy who's been on the team uh, for, for a little bit too, I think. And mm-hmm. they've been cross training him at safety. Not that they necessarily need a safety right now, but with all the injuries they've had before, he's probably a guy that they were kind of hoping would make the team too. Um, I don't have him on right now because uh, because it's safety. Got uh, you know John Johnson, Ronnie Harrison, uh, Grant Dulpit, Richard LeCount, and Javante Moffat. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you know, I mean, are you going to carry eleven DBs on the team? Well, the the real the real I don't know what you want to call it. The elephant in the room is Grady Williams. Mm-hmm. I mean, look how long he's been with the team. I think he played, what, a total of 146 snaps. He comes back, and he's hurt again. And he didn't grade out very well when he played. I know that they have high hopes for him. Everybody does. Everybody loves him. Uh, nice guy. But basically, are you just keeping him on the roster to keep him on the roster? Well, and and that's true. Um that's true. We're looking at these numbers. We're assuming that that greedy Grant Delpit that these guys are going to be ready to go. You know that they're that they're going to be on the active fifty three. Um, we'll have to see. We'll have to see what happens there. You know, if anything okay. happens, either one of those guys where they're not able to go and they're you know, um, you know, and they're they're put on IR for any reason, then 
then that opens up a spot for MJ Stewart. Yeah, that's the one where I would not want to make that call. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, um, so yeah, I mean, that leaves uh, Red Wine not making the team. Um, yeah. And, and several other, uh, several other corners, um, which, uh, well, the, guys, the other, the other one is Ragumba. Ragumba. He's, he's played pretty well, yeah. hasn't he? Yeah. Uh, people are going to get mad, but when I, I posted that thing today, he's played better than Greedy Williams. So what do you do? I mean, you know, people can get mad at me for it, but I, I don't make the stats in the data and I'm not on the field. Yeah. Um, I have no control over that. I can only say this is what's happening right now. And right now he's playing better than Greedy Williams is playing. So do you keep Greedy Williams on the roster and get rid of a player who's already knows the defense, who's come out in two preseason games, done really well. He's done really well in practice. He's earning the time to be on the field. So do you just say, you know what? Hey, thanks for all your hard work and everything, but uh, we got this guy over here that we drafted, and we're going to keep him. What kind of message does that send? Yeah, yeah. So well, uh, I mean, Jeff. Jeff said um, probably last week or week before. He probably said it more than once that there will be some, some uh, maybe some surprise cuts. So we'll see if yeah. that holds true. I mean, if somebody like Greedy gets cut, it, it would be a surprise. <laughs> that would be a yeah, surprise. And I'm not saying, yeah, I'm not saying that he's going to. I'm just saying, I mean, these are questions that have to be asked. Is And nothing against Greedy Williams. I love the dude. Sure. And if he, if he makes the team and plays at the level that everybody thinks he can play at, it's a win for the Browns, and that's all I want. But I'm just saying, when you look at the overall picture, it's definitely Greg Newsom's going to take the number two spot. Ward's definitely the number one. A.J. Green has played so well. How can you deny him the number three spot? Right. Um, especially especially with Newsom having the ability to uh, rotate with Hill as a nickel. So A.J. Mm-hmm. can definitely play outside. So if they got to bring Hill in, uh, you move Newsom in the nickel, you can put A.J. Green in, you know. And then Brian Allen has been playing well on special teams, not so much in coverage. Uh, and then Ragumba, a uh, young kid, uh, is coming in, working his butt off. Yeah. Dif- difficult decision to make. It definitely is. To me, mm-hmm. the, the larger question about this roster is, is not who's on the 53. It's who is on the 68. So we're we're allowed to carry sixteen players on the practice squad. I'm I'm knocking that down to fifteen because I think Andrew Berry is always going to leave a spot open for a guy who comes available. Okay. Um, so I'm, that's where I come up with the sixty-eight. And I think in a to Chad's point earlier in a COVID another COVID year, um, the guys that we are able to get on that practice squad and the, and the two guys that we're able to activate each week could be incredibly important if we're talking about you know 10 wins versus 12 wins um those guys could could really play a factor if you know we're looking at injuries um down the road you know as we get through the season so you know right now i'm, I'm looking at a practice squad that you know i've, I've got guys that are pretty well sp- spread out that have us covered you know most of the positions um but I don't know how many of these guys will even make it to the practice squad. It might be a handful of them, you know, that, that aren't picked up by other teams. We're, we're that deep talent-wise that, you know, we may not be able to get many of these guys through the practice squad. So we're probably backfilling that from other teams. You know? So the, the, the spots that are open on the 53 are, are you know, very few. That mm-hmm. practice squad, those, those extra 15 or 16 players – um, is where Andrew Barry's really going to make his money this year. Totally agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, and they did a really nice job last year. The practice squad was pretty stacked last season. So you have to feel like even if a lot of the Browns players don't make it to the practice squad, 
Barry's going to do a good job of, of backfilling it from other teams. So I, I have some confidence there. So, you know, I think, I think things will be fine, but hopefully some of these guys will make it through. Well, yeah, and too, we got the Texans who will probably try to take every single player that we released. So, I mean, that's been their <laughs> MO. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'll probably happen. <laughs> <laughs> so we got the special teams left, and the kicker by default is Chase McLaughlin. Uh, yeah. Jamie Gillen, Charlie Euclid, that uh, long snapper. And I put uh, Demetric Felton in a kick returner. Not that that's his only job, but uh, I have him a kick returner. I have uh, JoJo Natson not making the team. Um, and again, another tough decision, but my thought is you got Felton and you got um, Dearness Johnson, uh, uh, a few other guys, um, DPJ, I think, and, and Probably a couple other guys I'm forgetting who can return kicks. Uh, maybe not like JoJo Natson, um, other than Fulton, but uh, but you got guys who can do that. So I don't see Natson really as a receiver. I don't see him as the gadget guy when you got Fulton on the team. So I I think they're gonna have a hard time keeping him unless they free up a spot somewhere else. You know I I don't know. So um. How about Chad? What do you th- what do you think of that? And what do you think about JoJo Natson's chances? Uh, I I can't see it, and no offense to him, and but I mean even when you go to the like when you went to the Browns and Orange game, I don't know if you guys got to go or not, but he's small. Yeah, he's a little. And, yeah, yeah, and uh, what was it? Uh, who was it? Joe Johnson? I think today he said this is the big boy conference. You got to put on the big boy pads. Um, yeah. He's right. Um, our, our our three opponents are nasty, um, and maybe not the Bengals' offense so much, but their defense is the Ravens' defense, the Steelers, and I just I, I don't think he's big enough uh, for this division. Um, so I agree. I don't. They love Gillian, so he's I don't worry about him. Uh, Hewlett's the best long snapper in the NFL. Uh, we've been blessed to have him. And then it just, I'm just waiting for another kicking battle because I love them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's right up there with uh, picking out uniforms. Uh, I know, right? I, I will, you know, <laughs> all these years of quarterback battles, these kicker battles are just awesome. So I'm That's great. Them. That's great. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so. So Jeff, what do you think about JoJo Natson? Do you think he he has a shot at making the team, or what do you think? No, I I think he was probably a really good fit for this team a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. uh, prior prior to his injury. And but this team's evolved to the point where we we just can't afford the luxury of of a small guy that returns kicks and and really not a lot else. So Felton gives us a lot more options. Um, and then like you said, we've got the potential of a couple other guys that can step in and do that job um, probably almost as well. The, 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 the days of, you know, 40, 50 yard kick returns, I think are just about gone in the NFL anyway. Uh-huh. You know, if you look at look what what's happened over the last few years with directional kicking and, and coverages and everything, um, you know, most of the time it's, it's five yards in a cloud of dust, you know, with <laughs> the kicking game. And oh, JoJo yeah. Nets is just going to get his head handed to him. So, <laughs> right. you know, a fun yeah. fun to watch. And, and, you know, we talked about Ice Cube McNeil back in the day. And, you know, that, that was a fun thing to, 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 you know, to get behind. But, yeah, it's probably just not a fit for this team. Yeah, and I, I think JoJo Nets will he'll probably find a spot on a team that, that isn't quite as stacked as the Browns, you know, a team that, a team with this much talent is not going to carry a guy just just like Chad was saying. You know, you, yeah. you can't carry a guy who's one dimensional like that. That all he does is return kicks. So, um, I, I, he'll probably he'll find a spot with somebody and get the return yeah. kicks, and hopefully he'll survive the season. <laughs> and you never know because how many times have we uh, I've like cringed when they'll put OBJ or Landry out there to return a kick. Yeah. And you still have those options too. I hate it with all my heart, right. and I, 
almost cry every time they do it, but they do it and they love doing it. And there's still a potential there that they're going to continue to do it. So, yeah, you notice I did not mention those guys. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, I mean, uh, you know, DPJ is, you know, I'm not going to say he's the equivalent of those guys, but he's going to be pretty darn valuable to this team too. So I think it's going to get kind of scary seeing him out there returning punts or, or kicks too. So, um, you know, I think it's probably going to be a lot of Dearness Johnson and Demetric Felton returning kicks this season. Yeah, and, yeah. and Stefanski has made it abundantly clear that if you're going to be on this football team, you have to play multiple positions. You have to. Yeah. Yeah. There's too much. There's too much talent. Yeah. And yeah. Feel, feelings are going to get hurt this year. Fans, players, wives, husbands. I mean, it's just <laughs> the way it's going to be. Um you know, and I, I had said this in a post the other night. If player X isn't good enough to make it on the Ravens or the Steelers, then he's not going to be good enough to make it on the Browns either. We're that good now. And that's how oh, we yeah. have to look at it. Yeah, I agree so, with you. It, it, it's too bad there's probably not a spot for Johnny Stanton on this team because I'm sure he would return kicks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he would He'd be a third string quarterback if you, if you asked him to. <laughs> definitely definitely <laughs> which is great and that's and i think it's going to take a lot of us a minute to get used to the fact that you know that's that's where we're at now i mean you can love a player with all your heart and there are many of them that i did that aren't very good and uh, you know it is what it is but they're not those guys the days of eight draft picks all making the football team are over right yeah, well, I, I was well, a little surprised they, they made as many picks as they did this season. But, yeah. but hey, they did a good job. So, uh, very Rod, good, nice you and I talked job. during the game that, that um, it, it was very obvious from the guys on the field and the guys that were being interviewed on the sideline by Nathan Zagura that guys are psyched to be on this team. I mean, the oh, backups yeah. are, are busting their balls to try to get on this team because they all know that this is something special. and Every one of them is excited about what's going to happen this year. Yeah, I mean, I don't know any other way to say it. We keep saying things have changed, and you know, it's a it's just a new feeling in Cleveland, but but it is, and you know, we'll we'll get to experience a new season here, and and what? Uh, what we got? Three weeks now. Three so, weeks. Three weeks. Three. So. Three weeks, we are going to see Judavion Clowney and Miles Garrett rush off the same side. And I, <laughs> I can't. Oh man, when I when I went to that Browns and Wings game and I was watching Clowney, and I mean I was watching him, and he is going to be a monster. I I had forgotten what that looked like. Because, and yeah. I'm not taking anything away from Miles Garrett at all because I'm not. And the only reason why is I couldn't see Miles. He was on the other side. But, yeah. And I've watched Miles play, so it's not anything new to me. But yeah. finally was new to me. So I was, like, on the edge of my seat going, are you kidding me? And I, whew, oh, that is going to be so much fun. And then when Lamar breaks out and JOK's got that kind of closing speed, there's not going to be any more of that running for 25 yards. That's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun, guys. So, Jeff, do you have any closing words for us? Um, yeah, th- just this has been fun talking about the crystal ball. Um Going back to what we've all said tonight about uh, flexibility with players and being able to play multiple positions and stuff, I'm going to go right out there and say it now. Blake Hance is going to make this football team, and I'm going to do what I said last year. I'm going to buy number 62 jersey. Book it. <laughs> that is awesome. Wow. You guys don't realize, I don't know if Jeff owns a Browns jersey right now. No. So this is this – is, bigger than what anybody can actually imagine (laughs) i love it excellent excellent so chad i'm not going to ask you to top that but i'm going to ask you to give us some some closing words 
yes, I think uh, through this whole process, uh, you know, it is fun to speculate what the roster is going to look like, who might make it, who won't make it. At the end of the day, there's one thing that Andrew Barry has shown us all. We have no idea what that man's going to do. And there's he could let six guys go and somehow replace them with six more guys that are even better or as good. Um, he has done a phenomenal job. He's not like any other GM in the NFL, in my opinion. So that's why you'll never see me talking any kind of absolutes that, you know, this is what I'm positive. Because I have no clue. The man doesn't operate like anybody else. He is way ahead in the thought and his thought processes of what he's doing. And he's probably got a whole file folder full of guys that he's watching to see if they get cut. So, um, you know, we just have no clue what Andrew Barry's going to, what he's got up his sleeve. And And that's what makes it even more fun because he doesn't make very many bad decisions. Yeah, I agree with you. The next, um, what the next uh, couple of weeks are going to be a lot of fun to watch to see how they get down to the initial 53. So this has been a lot of fun, guys. Uh, this has been the Browns Blitz. We will catch you next time.